In order to retire successfully, you'll need vision. You'll also need a plan to execute that vision. Welcome to Retirement Pathfinder with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. On today's show, we'll give you the tools you need to navigate unique challenges you'll face in retirement. It's time to chart your financial future. Retirement Pathfinder starts now. Well, hello and welcome back into the Retirement Pathfinder. Glad to have you on the podcast today. I am Ben George. They are Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. They are retirement income planning specialists at Pathfinder Wealth. And we've got a good show today. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, figuring out when it's time to change financial advisors. It's, it's an important part of your life and your financial futures to have someone you can rely on and trust and you're comfortable with. So we're going to talk about some of the uh, situations or some of the things to kind of pay attention to to make sure you are working with the best possible fit when it comes to your financial advisor. So it should be a good show today. Glad to have you, Barbara and Phil. How are y'all? Yeah, we're doing great today, Ben. It's, you know, it's cooler weather out here. We got a lot of rain, so the crops are looking great in the nice. Midwest here. Uh, they were really in sore need of rain for a number of months here. I think we're still, um, you know, down on moisture as oh, far as sure. moisture is concerned. But, uh, you know, it's bringing the, uh, the cool weather along with it, too. Yeah, it's good to see that because in my, in my balcony, I can just sit out there when it's raining. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, catch it. it does, I don't get wet, of course, so it's just kind of neat to watch the rain. And, you know, this mm-hmm. that was a good rain, too, because it really soaked the ground. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, I think we're doing good. Good. Ben, how are you? You got a little baby. You got a little baby boy. And I so, do. Uh, it's, now, how old is he now? So, we are, I guess, about six weeks now, Kirk. Six so weeks, okay. We, uh, everything is going well. He's He's been uh, a little fussy at times, but you, you, you always block out those those things with the newborn stage. But you remember yeah. a lot of the, the cuddles and the, you know, the sweetness and stuff. So it's been good. We're still trying to figure out the sleep schedule. We're trying to get that all worked out. But he's uh, he's had some periods where he's sleeping a little bit longer. But uh, we are still trying to get into a bit of routine. But everything's been good so far. Everybody's still doing healthy. And uh, I'm so looking forward good. for him to start daycare and we can kind of get into that routine with our daughter and and everything. Yeah. So it's been good though. Did you, I'm glad, I'm glad did you, you introduce asked. a basketball to him yet? Does he know what a basketball <laughs> is? I have not yet. He, uh, he will soon <laughs> being, uh, that his yeah. mom is a, a North Carolina graduate. So basketball is going to be pretty important yep. to him, but I'm hoping to get a golf club in his hand, uh, sooner than later to give me an excuse to play a little bit more, hopefully <laughs> down the road. Oh, that's, that's actually funny. Cause, uh, I was listening to uh, Candace Owens. She's always got a good show and she's talking about her, uh, well, she's pregnant again, but anyways, her baby, she says her, she says, I'm thinking about, you know, the kids getting into the new diapers and what's the best formula and the kid's two months old, her first one, her kid, she goes, this kid's two months old. My husband's talking about opening up a, an investment account and a savings account. She says, I looked at him and says, who are you? How do you even think of those things? <laughs> it's just the differences in how we men and women think actually, but it was, it was funny. Yeah. I've actually done that as well as, you know, having this experience on working with you and talking with advisors, you know, pretty consistently, it's always kind of top of mind. So I've always for both the f- first daughter and, th- and then this one, we've set up the 529 early and just started putting mm-hmm. a little bit, right? Yep. Not a ton, but starting that process uh, a little bit earlier and then, you know, starting a little small savings account and starting to put that away yeah. too. So Good. hopefully that yeah. pays yeah. out off over time. Yeah, you bet it will. 
Okay, well, I appreciate you guys asking. Hopefully, uh, I don't sound too tired on the show today, but we got a good one for you, and we're <laughs> going to go through this. And again, if you haven't joined us before, a couple things to remember. If you have any questions, the best way to get in touch is by just going to pathfinderchat.com. It's an easy way to get on Barbara and Phil's uh, schedule, pick out a time that works uh, on the calendar, and boom, you're you're ready to go and, and set up a schedule uh, meeting that way. But you can also call 815-399-9806 if you prefer to do that as well. So as I mentioned in this episode, we're going to talk about the process of changing financial advisors. Um, it's not something that's easy to do, right? But there are some times when you might have that feeling, that gut instinct that, hey, yeah, maybe this one isn't quite the best fit for me. So we got some questions to ask uh, your advisor what to look out for in your new one as well, and, and really kind of make sure you understand that transition process and, and make sure that you have that knowledge to make those informed decisions. Because Barbara, Phil, this is such an important topic, right? That we want to make sure yeah. that you are working with the right person. Ben, it's it's really an emotional thing for a lot of clients to change advisors. Uh, there's a lot of sentimental attachment. Uh, sometimes the advisors are friends of the family or even relatives. And and even if uh, it's in the client's best interest to change, they're often reluctant to do it. You know, much evidence indicates that often people choose to remain in a bad place in life because, quite frankly, they just uh, fear the unknown. As the old saying goes, it's better to stick with the devil you know than the devil you don't. <laughs> now, <laughs> we're not trying to imply that their current advisor is a devil, okay? So don't get us wrong. But, you know, emotionally, they may feel that the person that's advising them is trying to do their best, but they're really kind of falling short of their expectations uh, but their next choice may be even worse. So they're a little bit reluctant to change. In addition, many clients really don't know that they don't know. In other words, uh, they're not aware of alternatives. So, you know, if a client says, hey, I'm happy with, uh, you know, 1% return on my investments uh, when, you know, they can actually be getting six or seven, um, they need to know that. Uh, so re regardless of the reasons, what is really boils down to is that people often make choices against their own best interest in spite of the evidence. You know, isn't that true? People are reluctant to change for fear. And even if they see it in front of them, they, they kind of are reluctant. So our friend and mentor, Mark Matson says a great deal about this and the reluctance of clients to change when it's in their best interest. He says this, he says, people make that move only when the pain they are experiencing is greater than the pain of change. Now, let me repeat that again. Yeah. People make that move only when the pain of, of what they are experiencing currently is greater than the pain of changing. Hmm. So when potential clients come to us or our financial education seminars, we don't automatically assume that they are going to be you know, changing advisors. Uh, if they choose to come and talk to us uh, afterwards, uh, we attempt to determine their reasons for attending both either the class or the follow-up with us. Uh, recently, a couple, and this is a good example, a couple came to us and they're only about three years away from retiring. And after examining their holdings, I I noticed that actually they did pretty well, comparably well. They've been with this advisor for 20 years. So it's a 20-year relationship with their current advisor. And I was a little bit puzzled as to why they were coming in talking to us about changing. And their response was this, you know, we're not dissatisfied with what he has done, but he really hasn't provided other services we know that we'll need, you know, once we have retired. So they noticed that their life was changing, that their needs were changing, um, and they weren't really showing pain over their investments, but disturbed that other issues and services his company did not make available, uh, such as Social Security, when to take Social Security, or efficient tax planning post-retirement. 
reducing taxes post-retirement, or sustaining income. He couldn't tell them how much income they would receive and how long uh, they could uh, sustain that income. They didn't even have a basic estate planning uh, document. So they understood, Ben, that uh, they had outgrown the basic service he was provided, and uh, so he was no longer the right fit for them. Yeah, that's 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 very good. I um, I also think too, the older you get, the harder changes, don't you think? It so? is. Yeah, yeah. Yep. We're kind of set in our ways as we grow older. That's mm-hmm. true. But that's a good point because with uh, them being with them for twenty years, the first, you know, your, your retirement planning is quite a bit different than financial planning when you're first starting out in life. Mm-hmm. You know, so the needs are much greater and much different. But interestingly, when you mentioned sentimental, uh, reminded me of someone I met a couple of years ago. I uh, had been with their advisor for over 20 years, and he was the husband's friend from college. Well, her husband had passed even when I'd seen her. And she's been looking for an advisor still for several years. I know I've talked with her on at least three, if not four, four different occasions. I don't think she'll sever those ties, even though she says she doesn't think she's getting up-to-date advice. It's a, it's a sentimental thing for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like what you said about the the pain of change. I think that's kind of it, right? You have kind of that breaking point where it's finally enough is enough. I've got to mm-hmm. finally pull the trigger and make the move, even though I know I should have done it a long time ago. But I put it off long enough. It's time to make that move. So yeah, it takes some courage to do that. You know, it's it's, it's tough, not yeah. an easy decision. And and people actually, you know, they have uh, regrets about you know possibly losing a friendship or you know that all the all the baggage that goes along with that relationship they developed over those years. Hey there, just a quick break from the podcast for a moment to tell you how Barb and Phil are assisting clients every day in the office with some effective tax savings opportunities under the latest Secure Act 2.0 legislation. If you want to find out how much you could save, give them a call and schedule a free 15-minute initial consultation. Call 815-399-9806 or go to pathfinderchat.com. That's pathfinderchat.com and schedule your visit with just a few clicks. We'll also put the contact info in this episode's show notes. Now, back to the show. Well, then how does someone actually know when it's time then for a new advisor? Because it's not like it's going to be an obvious mistake or uh, you know mm-hmm. something's done blatantly wrong that makes it very easy to make that move. So how do you actually know when it's time? You know, that's a really good question, Ben. Interestingly, I just recently met someone who said exactly that. His advisor hasn't done anything wrong, and does he really want to make a change since that's the case? Well, however, this guy is with a large firm with no local offices, and he's had three advisors in about two years' time. He's never personally met any of them, and he's just recently been assigned to the new and the third one. Well, when we meet with people, and this guy attended a taxes and retirement course that we teach at the local college here, we find out what they're currently lacking from their advisor or their current plan. You know, we had a number of meetings, and in this case, he wanted to become a client of ours, and not because of all the numbers, he understood all that, but he liked the relationship we could provide. You know, seeing him, calling him, having events throughout the year, having someone local he could see, and, you know, he could actually see face-to-face. So how does someone know when they need a new advisor? I would ask what they feel isn't working with what they're currently doing. You know, what, what do you need? You have to have a need or a gap. Now, this man came to our class to find out about tax planning and retirement, but through a series of conversations and meetings that I had with him, well, we discovered what he really needed. Mm -hmm. So don't overthink it. You may not need a new advisor if everything is going well. You don't want to switch advisors often because when we, when Phil and I create long-term retirement plans for people, it is just that, that. That's what it means. It's for the rest of your life. You're not short-term plans. Yeah, you know, this kind of brings up the whole issue of uh, 
doing it on your own or even using something called the robo advisor. You know, that's the thing that yeah. the younger generation really likes the technology and, and the idea that they can, uh, you know, some algorithm is going to figure out, you know, how to make them uh, their, their retirement goals. Well, quite frankly, there's no substitute for direct contact. You know, a lot of people, uh, they really relish the idea of one-on-one eyeball to eyeball, kneecap to kneecap contact with, with us. I don't think there's ever going to be a substitute for that. It's kind of like coaching. You know, people can go to the gym and try to do this on their own, or they can hire a trainer or a coach. I find, Barb, that, you know, in the last 17 years, I've been going to the gym doing this kind of stuff. I can't do this on my own. I got to have somebody who's going to be able to coach me through it, push me when I'm, I'm, you know, not feeling like getting up in the morning, that type of thing. Yep. I agree, too. That's the same reason I have one. Mm -hmm. We're talking about... When it's time to change financial advisors, potentially, again, if you have questions or want to sit down and find out what Barbara and Phil have to offer, you can always go to pathfinderchat.com, learn more about them by setting up a, a meeting to actually sit down and have that first conversation. But as we go through this, what are some questions then that you can ask uh, your current advisor maybe to help clarify whether they are a good fit? What are some things you can kind of poke and prod about to maybe get some answers? Well, this is really a, a good, good uh question because people don't know what questions to ask, quite frankly. And so, you know, once again, we could say, hey, you know, our approach at Pathfinder is is a little bit different. Well, it's it's a great deal more different than other firms. Uh, We are uh, taking the approach of financial education and academics. Uh, People attend our classes, taxes and retirement, estate planning, uh, income planning. You know, the the thing that people want to know is is they want to understand not necessarily the the every detail to the to, to the plan. They want to know that they're going to be okay mm-hmm. with a well constructed plan, and they want to be able to access that plan. So those attending our our classes for the first time, they're going to find out a whole lot of things about, as an example, portfolio construction or tax reduction strategies or Social Security planning, or even avoiding financial traps. You know, they're not introduced to. Uh, uh, like a, a sales pitch or products at all. They're there to basically gain just financial education. And uh, that's good because, uh, you know, they don't know what they don't know. Uh, if a prospective client wishes to engage us, we generally charge a planning fee that will cover all the financial topics that are very unique to them. So each person is uh, a unique case. And so we plan for their unique situation. Once a financial seminar attendee moves from being a prospect to a client after completing our educational sessions, they are often at the point where they realize what they've been missing with their present advisor. See, now they see the differences. Right Now they understand uh, where the uh, the differences lie. And in the event a client wishes to question their current advisor, which, you know, Barb, you and I agree that they should, um, mm-hmm. or even if they're looking for a new advisor, ask us, uh, they have a series of questions that we encourage them to ask. There's a lot of different questions, but I'm going to boil down to five questions here. One of the questions is, can you explain to me how to measure risk in your portfolio? And there is a quantitative way to do that. Uh, how much risk do you have? What is the meaning of risk, first of all, and how do you measure it? Another one is, how much sustainable income can my portfolio provide? And if they can show you that, ask them what method they use to determine it. You know, it used to be the old saying, well, I'm a conservative investor or I'm a moderate investor. I'm an aggressive investor. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. It means different things to different people. So we have to quantify that as well. Here's another one. How many of the 21 academically defined asset classes, and that's done by 
your uh, financial professors at schools like University of Chicago, Nobel laureates have defined asset classes. How many of the 21 asset classes do you hold in your portfolio? That's another good one. Can you explain the difference between those asset classes? Uh, do you recommend any post-retirement tax reduction strategies? And a lot of times they don't. You know, that's kind of uh, tax planning, Barb, is taboo. You know, for a lot of these financial planners, they, uh, they their firms don't think they should uh, venture out into those waters. You know, here's another one. When is the most opportune age to begin taking Social Security? That's something else that, that people don't know and they're not aware of. So most of these questions cannot be effectively addressed by the typical advisor. Why? Because most are trained in product knowledge. How does a mutual fund work? How does this particular stock work? How do, you know, what are the uh, potentials of this particular product? rather than the financial science behind it. Yeah, you know, many advisors, like you said, Phil, are money management only. Right. And we know that just from, you know, the people that we see that attend our classes. And a lady that attended one of our classes recently called and, and she thought it was time to leave her advisor. Well, I suggested she talk to her advisor and see if in this case, tax planning is something that he's willing to help her with. Mm -hmm. And she said she's not getting advice like that currently. Well, here at Pathfinder, of course, tax planning is part of our process. So, you know, through the five steps that we go with with our clients, that's just an automatic conversation. Um, so I, mm -hmm. I told her, you know, start by asking your advisor if they provide what you're looking for, uh, but you just haven't talked about it. Now, the advisor could say, oh, I didn't know that you that was even important to you. Well, it, it's important. I mean, the advisor to me, if, if it's something they provide, should bring that up. But um, if it's not a bad relationship, we generally have them talk to their advisor first. Yeah, one of the worst responses you could get from an advisor is, oh, I didn't know you were interested in that. I wish you had hmm. asked yep. me, right? <laughs> and so it's not up to the client to ask what they don't really know. It's up to the uh, investment advisor or the planner to uh, bring these issues forth and uh, discuss all aspects of it. Yes, there's this, it's not just uh, investment planning and mm -mm. retirement. Mm -mm. It's much more than that. Do you have a written retirement plan? If not, you're not alone. Many people put off planning for their future thinking they have plenty of time. But the truth is time flies and it's never too early to start planning for your retirement. Pathfinder Wealth Management can help. Their team of experts, including Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky, who you hear on the show, can guide you through the planning process and save you valuable time. And with their commitment to education, you'll learn how to set yourself up for success. Book a 15-minute chat with them today by visiting pathfinderchat.com. Don't procrastinate any longer. Your retirement is too important to leave to chance. Visit pathfinderchat.com or check the link in the description of today's show. Maybe the, the question we want to conclude with is maybe the most important of them all. So if you do decide, okay, maybe I'm ready to shop around. I want to start looking to see what other advisors are out there to maybe fit my needs. What should you actually be looking for? Well, that's a good question. Uh, there was a recent study done by Northwestern Mutual of the attitudes and behaviors of adults towards money, and they found 71% felt that their financial planning needed improvement, uh, while only 29% worked with a financial advisor. So it's less than half, right? Well, research suggests people who work with a financial advisor feel more at ease about their finances and could end up with about 15% more money to spend during their retirement years. So I'm going to give you, there's probably many points too, but I'll give you seven points to consider when you go to meet with a financial advisor and what you should look for. And number one, don't work with a non-fiduciary financial advisor. Uh, financial, uh, excuse me, a fiduciary means they always act in their client's best interest. 
They avoid conflicts of interest and they disclose all the facts, mm. not just the good about about uh, things, good and the bad. And secondly, talk with more than one. You can't compare if you hire the first advisor. Uh, third one is uh, don't partner with an advisor whose strategies don't align with yours. In other words, your risk tolerance, your investment philosophy, your expectations, make sure that those match, that theirs match with yours. Um, number four, ask about their education. Tests that they pass, any licenses, credentials earned. And uh, fifthly, if you hire that person, is that person your advisor or will you be given to someone else? We've talked to a few people over the years that when they were hired, they actually shortly afterward were given to someone else, possibly a junior advisor, someone else in the firm. Uh, number six, ask about fees. Is there a planning fee or investment and management fees? And what are you getting for those fees? You have to ask those questions. Sometimes uh, investment advisors, Phil, as you know, don't just dis won't disclose that right away. They don't disclose it if they don't have to. But I think that's it's a very fair question. Well, it's the eight hundred pound grill in the room, you yeah. know, for a lot of advisors. They're afraid to to tell a client about it because they they feel embarrassed. I don't know why, but yeah, that or they're going to get some pushback from it. I suppose you know, like they're supposed to work for free. I suppose, uh -huh. but uh, and seven last last but not least is um, internally, what's your gut instinct about working with this person for the rest of your retirement years? You know, we've all got that internal mechanism called our instincts, and it's good to use them because you want to work with someone that you can trust, and you want to feel that this would be a good relationship, and you're going to listen to their advice. Now, that's the key. There is that you're going to listen to their advice. And if married, uh, make sure that you both agree. Mm -hmm. and not just one, but both. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, the the other thing I want to add to that too, Barb, is it helps if, if he looks like Tom Selleck. <laughs> oh, well, then it's just, then the wife can just be the one. To yeah, that yeah there you go. Yeah, honey, <laughs> let's let's hire that guy. Well, you know, I seriously, I, I find that um, either from the advisor's standpoint or the client's standpoint, you can usually tell if this person is the kind of, person you want to work with within the, the first 10 minutes of the conversation, don't you? I do. And you, you know, know, that's a good point, Phil, because really it does, the relationship has to be mutual. It does. The advisor has to feel that it's going to be a good relationship also. Yep. Yep. Gut instinct. Hey, the other thing I'm going to add to it, which I hadn't talked to you about, Barb, is that one of the things that I've learned to do is to listen to my wife. Because, Very good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I hate to admit it, but you know, women have been given this this intuition that, uh, you know, she doesn't feel right about something or she feels great about something. And I've learned uh, kind of the hard way by not heeding her advice. So <laughs> where do the wise men listen to your, your spouse if you're married? Yeah, you don't always have to have all the answers, Phil. Just, listen, just a listening ear. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. I, I'm trying hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, very good. Well, uh, hopefully this kind of gives you some things to think about. And, and again, ultimately, it is your money. Right. So you want to make sure that you're very comfortable with that relationship and you have that uh, that right and that ability to walk away and find someone new if it fits you better. Mm -hmm. So if you want to learn more about Barbara and Phil and Pathfinder Wealth, again, just go to PathfinderChat.com. Go ahead and pick out a time that works on their schedule that works for you as well. You'll be able to sit down and have that first conversation, kind of get to know Barbara and Phil. And, and just for anyone that, that wants to do that, uh, can you just kind of quickly tell us kind of what that first meeting's like? You know, first meeting is, uh, I just actually had someone tell us that they really enjoyed uh, becoming clients here because it was it took uh, quite a, a series of a number of appointments. So we first uh, have them come in. Well, first we'll call and, and talk to them for about 15 minutes on the phone. 
And then uh, if it makes sense for them to come in, then the first appointment, we spend maybe 45 minutes to an hour and just discussing, you know, what are their concerns? What are the gaps? And what do you feel that you're not getting right now or that you need? And then, uh, you know, the, the next appointment, then it is very helpful to bring in things that we can look at, you know, investment statements, social security statements, estate plans and things like that. So we can review those. And then uh, we just, it's, it, it kind of moves along from there. You know, if we feel that we can help them, then we'll set up planning uh, sessions to go over each and every, each, each one of these areas individually with them. Could be a series of several planning sessions before, you know, they actually become a client, a pathfinder, because we don't like to rush them into the relationship. And we also uh, like to make sure it's a good working relationship also. Yeah. And I want to add to that too, Barb, that uh, a lot of financial planners just have an agenda on their mind already. Mm-hmm. you know, before the interview. And and so uh, what we do is we sit down, and we ask them, well, you know, why are you here? What can we do for you? What did you find at the class that was most important to you? And we let them talk. This is their time. Sure. It's not about us. It's about them. And so, um, you know, during that period of time, they'll tell us what's most important. And, uh, and then we can address the real issues uh, that they have. Yeah, we keep it very relaxed, and yeah. there's nothing that they're signing or, or paying for. None of that happens for mm-hmm. us, you know, several appointments. Mm-hmm. Well, very good. Again, if you want to learn more, to go to pathfinderchat.com. You can schedule an appointment there or give them a call, 815-399-9806. Barbara and Phil, as always, thanks for your time and insight today. We'll do it again soon. All right, Ben. Take care. Take care. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.